You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, and now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? We really hope that you enjoyed yesterday's episode getting into Chargers OTAs. We thought there was a lot of excitement coming out of that, and we'll continue to cover that as it goes down, but... First, welcome into the show. A special thank you to anyone who's checking out the show for the first time. We really appreciate it. And for everybody else checking back in with us. And if you don't already, make sure to go follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. Because that's the best way to stay up with the day-to-day format. And you can find us wherever you get it from. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, the new Odyssey app, and all of that. But on today's show, we're going to get into something we were supposed to get into yesterday and do Twitter Tuesday. But we're going to be starting with... A segment from Good Morning Football and NFL Network where they were talking about what Justin Herbert could do in his second season. And Peter Schrager said that he thinks Justin Herbert could have one of the biggest leaps in 2021. And that is something to talk about just because we've seen that trajectory from some other guys. We talked about with Lamar Jackson winning MVP, Patrick Mahomes winning MVP. We have been talking about, you know, how do you avoid a sophomore slump? And there's a few different good reasons why he actually could greatly improve going into his second year so we'll start with that and then the second segment we'll be getting into our twitter tuesday questions on a wednesday starting with who is the breakdown player for the chargers everyone's always talking about breakout who's someone who could take a step back or could break down in 2021 so we'll talk about that and then to wrap up the show we will get into julio jones because there's obviously more information out there now so we'll talk about the falcons potentially wanting a first round pick and much more with Julio Jones at the end of the show. But let's go ahead and get into it. One of our favorite NFL shows for sure has to be Good Morning Football. We had Kay Adams on the show, and they just do a really good job. And most importantly, I think it's cool because they don't take themselves too seriously, but they also know what they're talking about most of the time. So one of the things that stood out to me and one of the things the Chargers posted on their team website was a segment on Good Morning Football with Peter Schrager talking about how Justin Herbert could be his biggest leap contender going into his second season. And some of the things he laid out made a lot of sense. Like we've told you guys, having a good offensive line will help them. If all those guys are right, that will make a huge improvement for him. But also just the fact that he is going into this season as the team leader. He's not second fiddle to Tyrod Taylor. It's his team now, whether it's Brandon Staley, who's the coach or not. And he gets as normal of an offseason as you can get during COVID times. I mean, last year he wasn't on the field with the Chargers at this point, so that's definitely something for him. But what do you think about that potentially, David? Not just Herbert avoiding the sophomore slump, but potentially having even a greater season than he did his first year. I mean, I think it's possible. I mean, I think you love the New Orleans Saints offense and how efficient and how effective that they have been. Obviously, they have had one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL history and Drew Brees authoring that offense. But, I mean, to, to take that mind and bring that over to the Chargers with a young quarterback who is capable, has shown that he is capable to affect the game in many different ways with his arm, with his legs, with his intelligence. I think that the Chargers have put together a good team and put together some good 
good coaches to potentially see that growth happen in year two. Yeah, and that's going to be such a huge part of it, right? And I think it was James Palmer, who's an NFL reporter, brought up the fact that, yeah, he's going to have to really click with Joe Lombardi and what they're going to do, especially from an offense that will be a somewhat derivative of the New Orleans Saints offense that has been successful for so long. But what James Palmer also talked about, though, was just the fact that you gave yourself a Jared Cook, right, to help Justin Herbert out, somebody who knows that system. You also give him a sounding board with Chase Daniel. If he has any questions while they're going over things, Chase Daniel has already learned this offense. So that makes a lot of sense. And you were talking about that the other day as to why Chase Daniel is a better option for this team with Tyrod Taylor because he comes from this New Orleans offense, or at least he's learned it, a veteran who can help Justin Herbert. All of those things are good as well. But I think most importantly, what I heard from that that made the most sense to me as far as helping Justin Herbert was bringing in Corey Lindsley because last year, one of the things that Justin Herbert struggled the most with was getting calls out, getting protections right, getting everyone lined up right. He made major strides there, but at the same time, I think we all know that Dan Feeney wasn't the best at, you know, pointing out these protections and getting everyone in the right spot. And some of it was just poor play and it wasn't all his fault by any means. But now you have Corey Lindsley, David, who can get everyone in the right spot, can point out some blitzes and different disguises that he sees up front as a veteran center who is one of the best in the league at doing this. And that will let Justin Herbert process a little bit easier when someone is taking a little bit of that load off of his shoulders. Yeah, the protections, but also the ability. I mean, Corey Lindsley is the best center, but <clears throat> is one of the best centers in the NFL. And I mean, you look at the numbers last year, just the, the sacks allowed, Dan Feeney, four sacks allowed, five hits allowed, 33 pressures, okay? Now you look at Corey Lindsley, and it is the complete opposite. It is unbelievable. One sack allowed, two hits, and only four pressures the entire season that is the stark difference between Corey Lindsley and Dan Feeney that type of production that type of ability that type of leadership is going to manifest itself in a very positive way that's why the Chargers broke the bank to bring in Corey Lindsley because this guy is worth it he absolutely is worth it and I've said it too if you're going to go out and spend you know and buy something frivolous at least do it on something like the best player potentially at his position in the NFL. So I think all of those checks and things are going to be invaluable to Justin Herbert in this first year in a new offense. And I think the play will be much better. And yes, I, it still makes me a little bit sad when I see Dan Feeney at a New York Islanders game, you know, chugging a beer with that sweet, sweet mullet. And just you gotta love that guy's personality, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and just busting it off the top of his head. I mean, that and get, seeing how pumped up he was and, and missing his celebrations with Justin Herbert were, you know, something that we're definitely going to miss. I mean, him picking up Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert picking up him. A lot of those <laughs> moments we'll definitely miss, but I think when they score their first touchdown and, and he picks up Corey Lindsley, I think we'll all forget about that a little bit. And then if Corey Lindsley, I don't know if he has the hair for a mullet, I'm not going to doubt him, uh, but I don't know if he's growing a mullet anytime soon, but if he could, that would be spectacular, obviously. But there was one other part coming from Sean O'Hara, the former offensive lineman for the Giants, who was really good for a long time, 
talking. Man, he looks so different, man. I know. I mean, Jesus Christ. He looks like he shrunk like five sizes. Those offensive linemen, I mean, if Joe Thomas, too. I mean, look at some of these guys. Nick Hardwick, too. I mean, he's like a stick compared to oh what my he God. looked like when he was playing. It's unbelievable. Nick Hardwick is like a fitness maniac still, too. He's just absolutely shredded now. But I always think of Orlando Franklin when you see the picture of his like chubby face, like barely fitting into the team picture and he's like this is what i used to look like and nobody told me this like it's like yeah i mean what those guys have to do to keep on that weight is ridiculous right it sounds good to eat pizza and all that stuff every night but when they make you eat like fifteen thousand calories it's probably not as much fun every single day but i do want to touch on this aspect of what they talked about david because another great point that they brought up is justin herbert and drew Brees also have a relationship too right and we've heard about them yeah. talking in the past when the Tiger Woods thing happened, right, with his car crash, yeah, he was actually man. going to meet Drew Brees and Justin Herbert on the golf course. So that relationship, too, is something I think we can get excited about to some extent because he does have a guy he can call who not only has been on the Chargers, right, and has dealt right. with ownership and front office and all of those things for as long as he did, but also a guy who ran this offense for most of his career and became one of the best quarterbacks of all time. So I think that is something really big for them if that relationship develops with Drew Brees being retired now as they said on the show that could be huge for Justin Herbert absolutely I mean Drew Brees executed that New Orleans offense to just a laser precision effectiveness I mean he was incredibly productive in the years over there in New Orleans obviously he turned into a Hall of Fame quarterback and to have that resource for Justin Herbert um, going into his second year I think is going to be invaluable yeah, I think it could be huge. And obviously, like, you can't, you know, teach Drew Brees' precision, right? And there's certain things about him, especially as an undersized, kind of scrappy dude that Justin Herbert won't be able to replicate. But with the way that everyone talks about, you know, him on the intellectual side, as much as he can, you know, absorb things with his brain and be able to kind of process that on the field, it would seem like it's a relationship that can only help a young kid and maybe help him not only get away from a slump in his sophomore season, but also have him potentially be an MVP candidate. Because Peter Schrager was saying in this, you know, 45 touchdowns and a playoff trip, he said, that's the standard. So those are pretty high expectations for Justin Herbert in year two. But we do have two more segments. And in the next segment, we're going to talk about who the breakdown player for the Chargers could be in 2021. We'll also talk about our confidence level in Derwin James being able to stay healthy this upcoming season. We'll get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar and maybe the greatest of all time protein bar. And I'm talking about Bilt Bars. Bilt Bars have nine delicious flavors. And the best part about them, not only do they taste great, but they're also really good for you. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and also only four grams of net carbs. I mean, you're not going to find a lot of protein bars with those kind of numbers, but all of those things wouldn't matter if it didn't taste good. And that's my favorite part about Bill Bars is they all taste really good and there's a great variety to pick from. You don't have to pick from honey or, you know, chocolate chip every day. You have a tons of flavors, peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, coconut, and you can buy a variety box. You can buy a mixed pack where you're going to get two of each of those flavors and they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Right now, since you guys listen to the show, we can even save you guys some money. If you guys want to try out Built Bar, 
You can go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, David. Well, I do want to get into something that we missed out on a little bit yesterday because, of course, it was Tuesday which is when we've been doing Twitter Tuesday. And I love getting your guys' interactions. And every week, the questions that we get, I think, always provide a really good show for you guys just because you guys have brought up some really good questions. And this first question here from Instasis is not a question I thought I would see and not even something that I really thought about. But what he asked was, always a lot of talk about breakout players, but how about the breakdown player for next year? Who's going to have a bad year? And let me just say this, I mean... I don't want to just go rip any player because I think it's going to take a while to see who fits in this new system on offense and on defense. But when I think about a breakdown player, I think about someone who, you know, is getting older and has a legitimate chance to not be able to replicate maybe playing above where they should be at their age. Right, David? So I don't want to say anyone is just going to come out and play bad. I mean, certainly some guys could regress and I'm sure some players will regress potentially with the Chargers. Hopefully this you know new coaching staff can eliminate some of that. But if you had to pick somebody that you're potentially concerned about, who would it be? Yeah, I mean, g- given the parameters that you kind of laid out, I'm going along that same vision. And for that reason, I'm picking Linval Joseph as my potential breakdown player. And I mean, he had 62 total tackles last year. So, I mean, he's still productive in that sense. But he had no sacks for the first time since his rookie year. So, I mean, that's pretty much 10, 11 years between having no sacks. So, I mean, for that reason, I think this is going to be a really big prove-it year for Linval Joseph. Yeah, and I believe it's his last year with the Chargers under contract as well. So, he will have to kind of prove that he should get his next contract. And I think for him, the good news is you should be able to supplement him a little bit, right? Because, obviously, if he goes out there and keeps continuing to play the amount of snaps that he did in 2020, you're asking for a regression, right? Because he should be a guy that you have, you know, another player behind him to come in and spell him and maybe that will be Christian Covington this year. Maybe they'll be lined up right next to each other. But the nice thing about this is you can, you know, use him a little bit less and hope for better production from him because you're getting him fresh every time he's on the field. So I think that's one way. Kind of like what happened to Denzel Perriman last year. I mean, use him in rotation and then you kind of got the best version of him. Right. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But especially for defensive tackles, that's a long time to play that position in the NFL. So, I mean, he could be a regression candidate for sure. And the player I'd be most concerned about is just Brian Bulaga because his body did break down on him last season. So this year, it will be so important for him to stay healthy. I mean, having him on that right side for Justin Herbert with some questionable tackle depth on this team is going to be huge, you know, for the Chargers' success and for them to, you know, fully turn around this offensive line unit. But Let's get to the next question here. This one is from Spagdreddy, who asks what our confidence level is that DJ, meaning Derwin James, will stay healthy for the entire season. So this is something we both struggle with, Dave, because, I mean, it's so hard to say. But I think the one thing with Derwin James is you know he's committed to do it, not that other players aren't or anything like that, but you know he's attacking the rehab process with the ferocity that he attacks players on the field. So if there's someone that could come back, and potentially kind of turn this around in Keenan Allen fashion, I think Derwin James would have to be a candidate. 
He's definitely a candidate, but you have to keep in mind, he's only played in 21 of the potential 48 games in his short NFL career, so that is a concern. He's torn his meniscus in both of his knees, so that is a concern, but he's only 24 years old, and he's still in peak physical condition. He was fully cleared. I mean, we're not doctors, right? So we can't say whether he's going to be re-injured or what, what the re-injury possibility is. But, I mean, he's young. He's got that on his side. I think he's. I think he should be able to go out there and perform. We all hope he goes out there and stays on the football field. But at the end of the day, we're just going to have to wait and see. And another guy, you know, who really attacked the rehab process as well and showed up every season still looking great was Jason Verrett, right? And we have to remember that and as much as that seems like oh what was me kind of thing I mean Jason Verrett was the exception too right I mean you almost never see NFL players like that get that hurt in that amount of time and I think the nice thing with Derwin James is at least we've seen him play a full season right we've seen his body handle the rigors of an entire season and it's not just that things keep breaking down on him because he keeps getting hit so much on the field or anything like that right I mean these are just training accidents you know freak accidents to some extent before he's even making it to the season and you know when he's been out there and made it just to the start of the season or been able to come back after being injured he's played the rest of his games it's not just him leaving games with something or other right so I think that he could absolutely bounce back and have some healthy seasons and I know he's committed to do everything that he can and I think having the new sports performancing for the Chargers is absolutely going to help I mean it can't be any worse than it had been as far as just what happened with the guys who were training these guys, right? So I think that will help as well, hopefully, and you have to hope Derwin James can play a full season because it will make such a difference for this defense. But we have one more question here from Blake's dad 924 who asked, do we really want Justin Herbert getting five rushing touchdowns again this year? That's more again this year. That's more possible hits he takes. So Obviously, you want to limit the amount of hits that he takes, David. I think the answer is pretty obvious here, but what do you think? Yeah, for me, the answer is yes. I mean, he's six foot six, two forty. I mean, he's a, a large human, and he's very athletic, and he's got speed, and it's something that he has excelled at in his career. I mean, in in, in college, he had thirteen rushing touchdowns. He had five his rookie year. I mean, I think it's an element of his game that he does very well, and an element that the defense has to pay attention to. So, I think he absolutely should continue. For me, it's all about how he gets those five rushing touchdowns. I mean, that's of all importance. I mean, is he getting it, you know, bashing his body behind the offensive line and quarterback sneaks or having his offensive line pass protect while he's trying to quarterback sneak? All of those things are very important because (laughs) the hits that you take, right, are almost more important than how many hits you take and the type of runs that he's taking. I mean, do I want him to line up back there and run quarterback draws like Cam Newton? Absolutely not, right? And I think that's one of the things that, you know, the Saints have done well at times and also some Shanahanian systems as well, where a lot of his runs should be set up like deceit, right? I mean, that like the naked bootleg play where everything is going one direction and he has a lane open the other way and he keeps it and tucks it and takes it up the field, things like that. Yeah, I give mean, him a lot of space, right? If, yeah, if you're going to have him run the ball, you shouldn't be hope you shouldn't be having him run into people, hopefully, right? Hopefully his slides get better. Hopefully he learns how to just not take as big of hits because I don't think rushing is the problem. Obviously that exposes you and they have to limit that as much as they can. But picking and choosing when those times happen and being smart once you are scrambling, I think will be just as important. But we, Exactly. Amen. We do have a few more questions to get into though. So in the next segment, we'll get into Julio Jones, of course, and we'll also get into much more. But before we get into that, 
I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. Right now, guys, I know you love the Chargers. You can go find some NFL futures bets on there right now for them to win the division, for them to win the Super Bowl, for someone like Asante Samuel Jr. to potentially win the defensive player of the defensive rookie of the year this upcoming season. And BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports actions. I mean, right now it's a great time to get in on it. The NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs are both going on with baseball season in full swing. So get off the sideline, guys. Get in on the action because nothing is going to raise the stakes of whatever you're watching than having a little action on the game. And all you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you can receive a free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, well, we have a few more fan questions to talk about here, and I think we have to start with the big one because we did have super fan Zach ask a question about the Chargers color rush jerseys, and I will say for that question, Zach, I think they do need to use those color rush jerseys a little more just because they're obviously spectacular, just like pretty much all of the Chargers uniforms, but I want to get to another question that you tagged us in on Twitter, and that was just about Julio Jones. You said, here's a simple question. Do you want Julio Jones on this team? There are pros and cons for getting him, but my biggest concern is, would it actually be a possibility? So, we have both said already that, yes, of course, you want Julio Jones on your team. He makes you a better football team. So, from that perspective, of course you want him. Is it a possibility? I think that's where you're going to get the widest range of opinions because, of course, it's a possibility, but... 2% 2% is a possibility, and so is 98%, <laughs> you know. So how much of a possibility? I think that part's low. What I would focus on, David, is what are you going to give up to get him? If there are teams in the race, one of the things that has come out, and it has to come out from the Atlanta Falcons, is they're standing firm with wanting a first-round pick. And, I mean, they can say whatever they want. I mean, the fact yeah. is that they have to move him one way or the other. So for me, it's going to come down to, What are other teams offering for him? So at the end of the day, David, if it was to take a first round pick because there was a lot of interest in him, would you be willing to part ways with it? No, uh, I'm not. I'm not willing to part ways with a first round pick, not for a 32 year old wide receiver who has had some injury concerns the last couple of years. Does he make you a better football team? I would say yes, absolutely he does. And, and looking at the contract, I mean, I think it's pretty reasonable for the for the next three years. But very I just don't. Yeah, he's very reasonable for sure. Just what version of Julio Jones are we going to get? Are we going to get the the dominating presence, the guy that uh, just commands your attention, or are we getting the guy that we're not sure he's going to play on Sunday? I mean, that's the the question you have to ask. That's the risk involved in this move. So, I mean, for me, if it's hey, other teams are offering a first round pick, and I need to offer a first round pick plus. The answer is absolutely not. I am not giving a first-round pick up for a 32-year-old wide receiver. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you disagree on this to an extent, which is why I wanted to bring it up. And I think I would lean yes because I think just to a certain extent, you're going all in for it, right? I mean, if you can get him for less, obviously you do. It's hard to gauge what the market is for him right now. But that pick is probably going to be in the 20s. The last time that we saw... Tom Telesco picking the 20s, he got Jerry Tillery, right? And it's too soon to say what he's been in his career, but the options become more limited later on in the first round. You can still get a very good player. The chances are the player you get 
you know, even at that spot, is probably not going to be as good as a 32-year-old Julio Jones, as crazy as that sounds. Guy's a freak athlete. I mean, you don't question any of the athleticism going forward, even at his age, because even if he loses a step, he'll be as athletic as most, if not more than most, of the wide receivers still in the NFL. The hands are there. He's a true specimen. I just think it shows you're going for it. And to me, I think that means more to this team, this fan base, all of those things that you're willing to just put your chips on the table, make the window right now, and take yourself up, you know, and have more teams take you seriously as a contender for a Super Bowl in this league, which I think, you know, defensively, there's still some questions that have to be sorted out, but it definitely puts you into that contender status. Right now, you're a playoff contender. He potentially pushes you to a Super Bowl contender, and the window starts now, and especially, you know, paying him $11.5 million over the next couple of years. That's nothing for a receiver of his caliber, even if he was to lose a step. So I disagree, but I definitely understand your point there. Let's get to the next question, which is from Ismail from Mexico, who says, if we signed Richard Sherman, do you think that our DB group would be much better? I think you'd be great help at the safety spot. So that's a take I haven't really seen is him potentially, you know, coming to a team and playing safety. As far as the instincts go, that's there. He's always been a willing tackler, a pretty good tackler. That's there. But I think at this point, he still wants to be a team's starting outside cornerback, David. And I just don't think the Chargers are going to want to offer him that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit too late in his career for him to make a switch to safety. I mean, I, he's obviously a very intelligent player, but I, I'm thinking along the lines of you as well. I think he wants to step in and be a starting corner for a team, and I just don't know if that possibility is there for him on the Chargers. So for that reason, I don't think that Richard Sherman and, Richard Sherman and the Chargers are a fit. But going back to the first part of what he said, yeah, he would make your DB group better. I mean, that's... For sure. I know another person responded to that question on Twitter and said, I don't think he's a position can't I don't think he's a candidate to switch positions just because he doesn't have the athleticism. Can't, you know, close and have recovery speed on the back end. I think all those things are questionable, but for what it's worth, I mean the Denver Broncos and Vic Fangio did turn Kareem Jackson from a corner who's played a pretty good safety for them the last couple of years. And Richard Sherman, I think, you know, first there's going to be injuries in training camps across the league, right? So if somebody loses a corner, I think that's what he's banking on at this point, you know, and then he kind of goes in to fill in that spot. It would be very interesting, though. I mean, I could definitely see why, they, you know, you would think about that for sure, but not something that I see happening. Let's get to our last question here, David, and that is from Board of Games on Twitter, who says, do you think the Chargers organization is doing enough to attract more fans and start a culture? We have a great franchise quarterback in Herbert. The time is now to capitalize. No more, no fan jokes, please. And I think that last part can be underlined and put in the Twitter bio of every Chargers fan. No more, no fans joke, please, because I think we've all seen on social media that the Chargers do have a good fan base, right? And they have a heavy presence on there. People care about the Chargers for around the world, you know, to some extent, mm-hmm. but that's a tricky question, David. I think it's kind of layered in a few different ways. I think there's a few different ways to look at this, but what do you think? So the way I look at this is I think the Chargers do a great job of attracting the younger football fans. I think their social media team is one of the best in the NFL, actually one of the best in sports. I think the way they engage and how funny they are, I think, honestly, they've captured that and they do a great job of attracting fans because of that social media prowess. 
Yeah, I mean, I think they're doing a lot to capture the social media fan, and that's one of the notes I had is like, hey, the social media team is great. So from that aspect, they're doing a great job. The other thing they have going for them is a prize commodity that people want to see in Justin Herbert, and we haven't seen how that will play itself out in Los Angeles because that's like the circus is in town, you know, eight times a year, potentially nine times a year every other year now with the 17-game season. But Justin Herbert, I think, is the type of player that even if you're not a Chargers fan or even if you're kind of open-minded and just want to go enjoy an NFL football game, I could see him as someone that would kind of move the needle in that sense to get you to go out to a game so you could witness what he does in person, right? I think that plays a part in it, but I think at the end of the day, I mean, do we still see billboards all over the city of Los Angeles, you know, and things like that? It's hard for us to gauge that. I mean, I live in San Diego. David lives in Texas. So I'll be very straight up about that. But I think the problem, really what it comes down to is, yes, people are getting more interested in the Chargers. And yes, you know, the younger people especially. And that's not the case. You know, there's plenty of older fans on Twitter and things like that. But the problem is, is usually the most people that show up to football games are people that are like me and David's dads, right? I mean, it's usually an older audience for the most part at those games. I mean, younger people don't go to those kind of live sporting events as much as, you know, the last older demographic did. So I think that's the challenging part is not only to get younger people to care about the Chargers, but to get younger people to care about the Chargers enough to get them to go out and buy a ticket and show up in the stands. And I think that'll be the ultimate test for the Chargers. And I think in a lot of regards, we're going to get a lot of those questions this year. But the last time you had a good season and had any kind of success, the next year you followed it up with a dud of a season, right? So extended success for the Chargers, I think, is the most important part of it. And I think, obviously, you know, if you win a championship, it is title him. Maybe that brings a little bit more. But we're going to see a lot this year, David. I mean, we're going to find out how many Charger fans they can fit in that, you know, seventy to 80,000 seat stadium. And I'm definitely interested for it. Slash a little bit concerned, but that is going to wrap things up for today's show. We want to get into some voicemails on tomorrow's show, so if you guys want to get on that show, call the Locked On Chargers voicemail line. The number is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. If you guys don't already, make sure to go follow the show wherever you get your podcast from, the new Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there, and that's the easiest way to get the show in its everyday format. If you guys are looking for a sports show that's about every sport and you want it in a condensed 20-minute package, the best place to go is Locked On Today with the host, Peter Bukowski, who's on there and breaks down everything in the sports world. It's a good way for me to kind of keep up with everything going on because that's what we try to do as someone that covers the Chargers. But for us, you can find us on Twitter at Locked on LAC for the show. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David on Twitter at DroTalkSD. You can also find us on other social media as well. We're at Locked On Chargers on Instagram, as well as have a Facebook page at Locked On Chargers too. But on tomorrow's show, we have some really good voicemails. It should be a lot of fun. On Friday, we should have a press conference from Tom Telesco on Thursday, or at least he'll be doing a little Q&A, so maybe we'll get something on that. But we will be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.